Welcome to Spew, Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Quirinus, and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Hadabi, has nonverbal autism. And I'm Mr. McGonagall. And I now call the 25th meeting of Spew to order. Lavender. Hello, Mr. McGonagall. Hello, Queerness. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, happy to be here. For those who don't know, this is Adel Refai. He is star of many, many podcasts. Mm. Is that a fair statement? Uh, you got everything except for star, right? <laughs> I'm in many podcasts. I don't know if I'm the star. Fair, fair. <laughs> I will say that that Hello from the Magic Tavern is the podcast that made me realize that podcasts weren't just boring talk shows and actually got me Oh, that's interested. wonderful. And I have been enjoying Hey Riddle Riddle. Oh, thank you so much. I, I figured, I didn't think you would care for Hello from the Magic Tavern that much, but I absolutely love Hey Riddle Riddle and it makes me happy every time that one shows up in my feed. Well, that's uh, what we're going for. So that's absolutely makes my day to hear. Thank you both. Now, just a little update on me. I have now f- finished two of the three-week course to become a Bob Ross certified instructor. Woohoo! Woo. And I am exhausted. I have done so many paintings in the last two weeks. <laughs> What's your favorite one that you've painted? Is it all like landscapes, I assume? It is all landscapes. I've done a couple seascapes. It's so hard to pick a favorite since they're mostly all mountains and trees. <laughs> of course. They are all mountains and trees. Well, if there's no favorite, then they're all favorites. So congratulations. It's a good It's a good way of putting it. There, there are some least favorites. Ooh, details dish. <laughs> Actually, day one, we spent eight hours doing one painting. And then last day of the second week, we did the same painting as a 30-minute demo. Wow. And the improvement between the two paintings is just insane. That's fantastic. Between the eight-hour versus the half-an-hour one? Yes. Which, the half hour one's a little bit messy because it's a half hour, but right. it still looks massively better than the first one. I've been following your paintings on Facebook, and I think they're great. This is not at all what, when you told me that this was going to be your next big adventure, that this is not what I envisioned for some reason, but it's it's great. I love it. I think it's really cool. As far as important dates coming up this month... Not a lot. August 1st is Bill and Fleur's wedding. August 11th is Ginny's birthday. And August 8th is Katie Lung's birthday, who played Cho Chang. We do have one more birthday to add here that I didn't uh, put in the notes, but my birthday will be this month on the 23rd. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Right, it's a day before uh, Fleur's uh, anniversary. I can never say, I always say... Fleur de la Cleur, but I say it like the Swedish chef, and I don't know. I don't think I'm pronouncing <laughs> it right. But I'm always like, oh, you know, you, the, the from Bo Batten's Fleur de la Cleur. <laughs> That's a pretty good Swedish chef impression, actually. Thank you. Finally, someone recognizes talent. I know. I'm a big Muppet fan, so <laughs> I recognize. <laughs> Thank you. My co-host would disagree with you, so I appreciate it. Don't listen to them. Always do. more Swedish <laughs> chef. There, there's never a need for less Swedish <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like butter. It, it, it's like butter in any recipe. Can't have More enough. More is always going to be better. Yep, exactly. I'm the Paula Dean of Muppet impressions. <laughs> well, actually, let me let me walk that back. That's not great. <laughs> so this week, I thought that we would talk about shapeshifters within the Harry Potter world, since Adel's most popular character is a shapeshifter. Not the Swedish chef. <laughs> no, no, it's. You, your most popular character is definitely not the Swedish chef, <laughs> but I like it. Thank you. Yeah, I play uh, Chunt the shapeshifter, who's typically a badger on Hello from the Magic Tavern. Yeah, always happy to talk shapeshifting. You've been very all over the place recently. Yeah, I feel like I've shapeshifted a bunch recently. <laughs> I've decided to kind of narrow this down a little bit, since there's a couple different types of shapeshifters in the Harry Potter universe. We've already talked about Animagus a little bit, and... That's a little bit different because of the fact that that's a learned ability. Mm-hmm. So I actually have, I've came up with three groups of like learned abilities. You have the Animagus, Polyjuice Potion, and Self-Transfiguration, which we know absolutely nothing about <laughs> and is probably just Animagus. But it is the specialty of Wagadoo, which is the school in South America, I believe. And at Wagadoo, all students learn to become Animagi by age 14. Must be nice. That's pretty That's pretty intense. It is very intense process. It involves harvesting stuff at moonlight and holding it in your mouth for a month. And it's an intense process. And if you mess up once, you have to start all over. So, I mean, props to Wagadoo because I couldn't do that at 14. I know I couldn't. Have y'all uh, already discussed like what animal you would turn into if you if you were an animagus? I don't think we have. I don't think so. My first instinct is like seal, because you get a little bit of both worlds, where it's like you can be in the water, you can go on land, you don't have a lot of enemies. Pretty good. Seal's pretty good. Right. The seal lived a live a privileged life. Yes. Exactly. I would probably become a big cat. Oh, big cat is good. Smart. Smart. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like I'd be more of a rabbit. Rabbit's very hyperactive and cuddly. <laughs> I'm thinking panther. Ooh, panther. Yeah, like Bagheera, man. I also threw in a couple other, but I put in the other category. First up, we have lycanthropy, which is werewolves. You're not born the creature, but you don't learn it either. It's just kind of a thing that is forced upon you. And then we have to talk about Grindelwald for a minute, because... He can do some self-transfiguration that is not discussed anywhere. Because in the first movie, he spends the entire time dressed as Percival Graves, but somehow without Polyjuice Potion. That we know of. That we know of. It, it appears to be without Polyjuice Potion. But then in the second movie, he does that crazy body switch thing with the guard, and then he like, swaps tongues with him. It does seem like there there was a lot of work done to sort of um, build the skeletal structure of the magic in this world. And then at some point with like the highest uh, wizards or the most powerful creatures, the the books are just in the movie. They're just like, I don't know. They just do it. Yeah, that's very much what this felt like. <laughs> <laughs> like in the films when Death Eaters can fly for some reason. Mm hmm. And that's supposed to be really, really advanced magic that only, like, Voldemort or maybe even Dumbledore can do. But no, these regular old Death Eaters that aren't very special, in my opinion, can do it too in the movies. They just wanted to use the most cutting-edge technology of the day. 
What would look coolest? Let's not stay true to the world. Let's give visual magic. Yes. Much like Voldemort's death that is like seven books building up to a very boring <laughs> death and then they like particle systems everywhere. <laughs> yeah. See, these are the reasons I petition for new movies to be made mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. They also never, one moment that sticks out in both the books and the movies that they don't really circle back to is that when Harry's super emotional, like he just causes magic to happen. And I, doesn't he like blows up his Aunt Petunia? Aunt Marge. Aunt Marge, that's right. He like blows her up and it's just, that just seems insane that that just happens and they're like, I don't know, because his emotions. <laughs> Young wizards going through puberty can't mm. control their magic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is what a poltergeist is. Poltergeist is basically just puberty magic that just exists. And this is like the real world description of it, not just Harry Potter world. Wow. That's what poltergeists that, are. That just blew my mind. That's a wonderful, you should trademark that. Poltergeists. Puberty magic. Pol- poltergeist <laughs> is puberty ghosts. If you have a ghost going through puberty, is is poltergeist. Those growing pains, man. <laughs> <laughs> so returning to shapeshifters, there are actually several fantastic beasts that actually fall into this category. One of which is the Dukuwaka, which is a Fijian creature that is not in the Fantastic Beast books but can shapeshift between a shark and a human. Mm. The only reference to this in canon that we have is the 2014 Quidditch World Cup in an article written by Daily Prophet Quidditch correspondent Ginny Weasley on the Fijian national team's mascot, which is a Dukuwaka. And there's an interview with Newt, who is having a fit because they like warm oceans, and they are forcing it to share the lake with a selma which is a giant freshwater serpent that eats both fish and humans so so newt was upset because it wasn't an accurate description well no because they both ended up dying in a massive bloodbath so wait oh this creature oscillates between a shark and a human apparently this is literally all the information that i have and i'm just like why is there not more information on this thing can't they get that dude a bed versus like putting him in a lake with a with a, with a natural predator? <laughs> that seems insane. Yeah. Can he transform back into a human and just get a hotel with the rest of the team? And also, if he's not in shark form, how lame is having a human as a mascot? <laughs> Interesting choice of mascot for sure. Yeah, exactly. Although that is what Washington should change their football team to is the Washington humans. <laughs> there you go. The humans. I quite like it. Then we have the hide behind, which when people see the hide behind, they say it looks like a silver haired skinny bear, but it can turn invisible and shapeshift to hide behind almost any object. And it was a crossbreed between a demiguise that can turn invisible and a ghoul. And apparently some ghouls are known as chameleon ghouls and they can disguise themselves as everyday objects. Hmm. Hide behind's a real lazy name. <laughs> it really is. I think it's just... It's very J.K. Rowling. <laughs> it, it is. She likes either lazy or just stealing other cultures' words. Mm-hmm. Either way, it works. Mm-hmm. And then we get Bogarts, which I'm not going to talk a lot about because we know quite a bit about Bogarts. I always said Bogart, but I'm pretty sure it's Bogart. Yeah, I always thought Bogart. I thought it was just Bogart. Because because Bogart would just make me think like Humphrey Bogart. So I, I in my he, in my sort of mental uh, audio, uh, I I just said Bogart. 
I just associated it with Humphrey Bogart, so <laughs> I, I didn't see any problem with that. But one thing that I don't remember necessarily being mentioned is you can actually confuse them by having too many people close together. But this is not encouraged because the amalgamation that can happen can be more terrifying than the individual fears. Yeah, because then they can kind of shapeshift into like multiple fears in yeah, one. Yeah, that does sound quite terrifying. <laughs> we got the Kelpie, which is a shapeshifter that pulls its victims under the water. It's usually in the form of a horse, and we have seen one in Crimes of Grindelwald and Newt's Cellar. But the most well-known Kelpie is in fact the Loch Ness Monster. Ooh, twist. Nessie. Nessie's a horse? Well, sometimes. Usually. <laughs> Usually. And then velas actually fall under this category. Interesting. Velas are classified as semi-humans. The reason that they fall under this category is because when they are angered, they can transform into harpy-like creatures. And they are also a mascot of the Bulgarian team in 1994 Quidditch World Cup. I only put that in there because I was seeing a pattern. Mm. Speaking of, to harken back slightly, doesn't the Bulgarian, the, when the Bulgarian team comes to Hogwarts, doesn't Victor Crumb during one of the competitions, doesn't he turn into a half-human, half-shark? Yes. Yeah, for the second. Like the underwater challenge where they have to rescue their loved one or something? Yes. Yeah, he does. They described it as like a failed form of transfiguration. He was supposed to transform into a whole shark, I believe. And then hmm. that didn't work. He was just half a shark. So he just went with it. That was an example of self-transfiguration. That went wrong. <laughs> right. It, it is not the Dakawaga. What was it? Dukuwuku? Count Duku? Dukuwaka? Waka? It just sounds like you're scatting. Speaking of Muppets... Dakawaga. Um, yeah, it, se it seems like if just your head was a shark and you had a human body and you were underwater, it seems like you would your lungs would just fill up with water immediately because you're not wired to receive, uh, you know, to breathe in uh, water. So just poking holes in this magical world. <laughs> That's going to be your new catchphrase. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the innate inborn ability. People are humanoids that are just born with the ability to transform. And the main one is Metamorph Magi. Met Metamorph Magi. There is an M in there that everyone chooses to ignore because it makes no sense. Metamorph Magi. Mm -hmm. Metamorph Magus. But even though there is a major character in the books, we know very little about this. That's something I've noticed as I was researching this was there are lots of these things with no information about them whatsoever other than the fact that they exist. Mm -hmm. What main character in the books is a metamorph guy? That is Nymphadora Tonks. Oh, yeah. I forgot that's the term for what she is. And she, uh, So her thing is, uh, it's been a while since I read the books. I, she can definitely like change her hair and stuff. Can she change her like face and her body? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So they are born with this very rare condition where with very minimal effort, they can change hair, shape of random body parts. They can change their age, their sex. They can grow animal body parts. Hmm. That's about all we know. That's that's kind of the coolest power of all. Like It is. Tonks rules. Tonks was awesome and very underrated. And I hated the way they portrayed her in the movies. It was so underemphasized. 
Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, actually dyed her hair rather than doing her hair CG. And I'm like, that's one element I would want to be CG because I'd want her hair to be super vibrant. Also, it can be affected by shock or depression that may reflect in their appearance or affect their ability to transform at all. That's like humans when they, I think, oh, who was it? Uh, Ray Charles, when he, I think he had, like, some trauma in his childhood and then his hair went white. Maybe that was it. I could be telling a wrong story, but I feel like that's that's a, a reality in in our world. Are you sure you're not talking about Obama? That's what it was. <laughs> he had the stress of eight years of presidency, and then his hair went all white, completely white. <laughs> <laughs> all white, all white, all white. <laughs> One interesting part about this is they never they never really mentioned that shock or depression can affect an metamorph magi it can affect their appearance when when tonks was going through you know going through the motions in the books it affected her patronus it never mentioned that it affected her ability to transform Mm. so that's just new information to me interesting Hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. and then we get to maledictus who knows what a maledictus is maledictus uh, I know what it is. So you're in high school and you don't graduate uh, graduate as valedictorian, um, but you are the fourth smartest person in your class. You graduate maledictus. Maledictus. <laughs> Close. <laughs> so in Crimes of Grindelwald, Claudia Kim's character was originally called the maledictus. And this was in order to hide her identity as Nagini that was finally revealed September of 2018 when the fourth trailer dropped. Mm -hmm. And pretty much everyone just assumed that Nagini was an animagus. I can never hear or say that word, Nagini, or that name without instantly getting hungry for pasta. Because it just sounds like something where it's like, uh, welcome to today's special. We have uh, Nagini with some fresh Parmesan. (laughs) It just sounds delicious. Snaky. Yeah, it, it it kind of has that opposite effect on me where I don't want pasta because it sounds snaky. <laughs> I like that you, you were like going to support me and then you went, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so JK Rowling then went on Twitter to explain that these are two very different things. Maledictuses are always women and they carry a blood curse from birth which is passed down from mother to daughter so this was after her first like of a anti-trans comment so when this (laughs) came out this was (sighs) i'll I'll back up and i'll say what she believes that this condition is a metaphor of is ms because that is what her mother died of and is oddly one of the main reasons she is like anti-trans is because it affects women more than it affects men. I do not understand any of this logic. But anyway, it is a curse. It is passed down through generations. And over time, the maledicti lose the ability to control their their transformation, eventually becoming their animal permanently Mm -hmm. she also claimed that all of this would be explained in the movie and it it wasn't wasn't, it wasn't even touched on it wasn't 
they they didn't touch on anything other than letting you know that her name was in fact Nagini. That was yeah about it. Is there in the Harry Potter world? Is there any other example of uh, that type of? Um... Mm, we believe this is one of those extended universe not confirmed theories that Astoria Malfoy, who is Scorpius's mother and Draco's wife, in the Cursed Child, it is explained that she died of a blood curse. That is all we really know but because all of this was kind of like in the works at the same time it is possible that it is intended to be the same blood curse but Hmm. other than that no there is no other canon of this type of it also doesn't help that we don't know of any other blood curses in the harry potter world it'd be interesting if they revealed like hedwig was a uh was some lady who just turned into an owl permanently just have some fun with that right Oh, that would make it sad. She has confirmed that Mrs. Norris is, in fact, a normal cat and is not measles or anything like that. She is just a normal cat. Oh, that would have been fun if Mrs. Norris was uh, Filch's wife. Yeah, that would have been a great storyline, actually. I would have read that. <laughs> and that's why they and that's why they have that bond. And then it becomes like kind of sad. And then there's scenes where it's like late at night the kids are walking around and they peek into a hut and he's making out with his cat and everyone's like gross but he's like no wait it's my wife and people are like sure sure it is i'd love that's that's a spinoff i'm gonna write trademark i'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) trademark on this intellectual property that exists already i'm gonna write this uh fanfic please do because i will read it (laughs) and then other controversies this call caused (laughs) people have pointed out that they cast an Asian, specifically a Korean woman, as the pet slave of a powerful white man. And so she has attempted to back this up by saying that the Naga are snake-like mythical creatures of Indonesian mythology, which is where she got the name Nagini. They are sometimes depicted as winged, half-human, half-snake. So this is her defending that this was her plan the entire time. Which, not a great defense. It, it's not, but great defenses are definitely not her strong suit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'd give her the benefit of the doubt, possibly, if she wasn't serving up surf and turf every day. So <laughs> I think at this point, like, she can, you know, we, we know what she can do. Exactly. It gets even worse if you read the entire tweet. <laughs> She's just so condescending. She, she is. She ends it with, have a lovely day. <laughs> That's all of the stuff I have on shapeshifters. We're going to take a quick break and head over to Gringotts where Jeffrey may or may not have some ad copy for you. But before we do that, here's a trivia question. Which two accessories did the Bogart have when it became Neville's worst fear wearing his grandmother's clothes? Be right back. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Gringotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. And we're back. So, either of you have any guesses or memories as to what two accessories Neville's Boggart had? I want to say overalls and an Apple Watch. (laughs) I do have some multiple choice. Oh, well, now you say it. Great. Thanks a lot, buddy. (laughs) A blue coat and a green beret, a red handbag and a hat with a vulture... A yellow raincoat and a black umbrella, or a purple cloak and a time turner? I got it. Yes, Adel? 
Uh, it is 100% B, the handbag and the vulture. Oh, I thought you were going to give another joke answer. Yes, that is the correct answer. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now let's move into some of the news in this past month. Not a lot of news, thankfully. <laughs> oh, and you're talking about specifically news about Harry Potter, right? Right now we'll talk about some Harry Potter news. Because <laughs> I was like, there's been a lot of news. <laughs> so Johnny Depp has had some developments in his libel case. So they have uncovered texts from March 2015 in which he has asked his assistant to obtain some drugs. Which is not surprising. It is not surprising. Let's just be honest. It's Johnny Depp. But this is specifically within a couple days before Amber Heard claims that he beat her in a drug-fueled ordeal. So, that don't look great for him. There's been a lot of news around this case here recently. Yeah. This one made me happy. So, J.K. Rowling has been tweeting, as we know. I'm not going to spend too much time on all this crap she said. But, she shared a quote that was about how men treat women's opinions as if they are acts of violence. Stephen King shared the quote. Then, J.K. Rowling said, it's so much easier for men to ignore women's concerns or to belittle them. I won't ever forget the men who stood up when they didn't need to. Thank you, Stephen. So this led several of Stephen King's fans to question him on his stance on trans women, to which he just responded simply, trans women are women. And then J.K. Rowling deleted her comment and unfollowed him. <laughs> Petty. <laughs> she sucks. Exactly. There has also been a revelation about her pen name that she has been using for her Cormoran Strike books, Robert Galbraith. Because we all know that she doesn't just pick random names, even though she claims that's where this name came from. We have recently become aware that Robert Galbraith Heath is the man who invented gay conversion therapy. Ooh. Ooh, that's not a good look at all. I feel like if you have... Like, $1.4 billion? Can't you just be so happy for yourself and everyone? <laughs> like, what is what is happening? And then MuggleNet and the Leaky Cauldron have released a joint statement on how they will be continuing. And basically, they said that they are going to continue to report on Rowling's works, including the Ichabog, but they will no longer report on anything in her personal life. I mean, honestly, if I was J.K. Rowling at this point, I think that would be my goal is just for people to report on my work and not my personal yeah. life. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, however she had to get that, I guess. But dang. However, that includes awards and the Nibbies have awarded Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone as the best book from the last 30 years. So. Mm, okay. Okay. Technically, she won an award. <laughs> It is the book won the award, but none of these other sites were reporting on it at all. So interesting times. In indeed. What a weird specific amount of time, 30 years. Like, I would think it would be like either 25 or I don't know. Just 30 seems such a such a weird it number. It does. I, I tried looking it up because I'm just like. Weirdly specific. It is a weirdly specific number. I wonder if there's a book written in like. 79 or 89 where they're just like ah oh, that book in 89 was so good can we just make the cutoff at 30 if that's like when you know world according to garp came out or something where they're just struggling with their uh inner <laughs> critic 
And then, of course, Miss Rowling couldn't keep her mouth shut, and she shared a tweet. Here is what the tweet said, and then we'll talk about the background behind it. Hormone prescriptions are the new antidepressants. Yes, they are sometimes necessary and life-saving, but they should be a last resort, not the first option. Pure laziness for those who would rather medicate than put in the time and effort to heal people's minds. Of course she retweeted it. So, here's a little bit of background on the person who tweeted this in the first place. So this comes from a Sophie, who is a trans person, who does not identify as a woman, and also does not identify as a feminist, but a feminist ally. Also, Sophie takes both hormones and antidepressants. So what is she trying to get by retweeting this? The argument here is that we are not willing to listen to subtleties of arguments. But the problem here is just that it is, it, this is more of that fear and concern that is not really backed up by anything. Because, like, I've gotten antidepressants from, I believe, three different doctors. Not a single one of them wanted to give them to me. You know, like, I could tell that they were hesitant to do it, but that it was necessary. Mm-hmm. So this idea that doctors legitimately are just throwing medication to everyone is so not the majority it's so interesting that so so my personal take adel my personal take is that in these series the worst character or in terms of like the most despicable or like the most dangerous is umbridge because andrew umbridge is human and she can like she passes through society and she has a position of power and people don't assume she's evil but she's the most like malicious terrible awful person whereas like Voldemort or someone else is just pure evil she's like able to turn it off in order to like manipulate or like work her way through society and I feel like JK Rowling has become umbrage which Mm -hmm. is so wild to be like you wrote this whole series about like good triumphing over evil and like you brought joy to so many people but then she just she literally became umbrage in terms of being a person who's just saccharine sweet at times but then just becomes this despicable display of of (laughs) Awful opinions and hatred. Yeah, that it really is. That's a good comparison. Now she's not finished. <laughs> a couple days later, she and 150 other writers, artists, and academics have signed an open letter on intolerance, specifically about how cancel culture affects free speech. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hold that in. Now, one of the people who signed it is actually a transgender author, uh, Jennifer Finley Boylan, who afterwards said, I did not know who else had signed that letter. I thought I was endorsing a well-meaning but vague message against internet shaming. So this this is the problem with it. it. It really is this vague message that when you read it, it's like, Yeah, I agree with it. But then when you actually look at the people who signed it and what they stand for, you realize this isn't about free speech at all. I mean, I think this is a good time to interject one of mine and and my mother's favorite sayings. Free speech does not protect you from the consequences. You can say whatever you want, but just 
be aware that most of the time there will be consequences for what you have said. So I don't see any correlation between free speech and cancel culture, except if you say something that people don't agree with, they probably won't want to listen to you anymore. But that's okay. You said what you wanted. You said what you thought. Now you have to accept the consequences. Exactly. I love that. And we actually have a couple more people who have added to this sentiment. So Miriam Margulies, who played Professor Sprout, has come out and spoken on it. And she says, I know what has happened. She has a rather conservative view of transgender people. I don't think I do. I can't make it out. It's a matter of personal happiness for people, and I think that's what you should concentrate on. If you seriously want to become a woman, you should be allowed to. You can't be fascist about it. I think it's confusing. Miss Miriam is such a national treasure. I love her. I love her so much. And then another one, Jamila Jamil from The Good Place. Pretty lengthy statement, but I think a very nice one. It's not about allowing people to say things are offensive or that they would harm someone else's rights. Speaking on trans rights, for example, and putting out a lot of fear-mongering and misinformation is not a difference of opinion. It is hateful and actively harmful behavior that can put people's lives in danger. It is very important to understand that free speech does not give you the freedom to engage in hateful speech. She then goes on to say that you can't really cancel a white billionaire. You can criticize them and maybe <laughs> say you don't want to hear from them for a while, but you can't deplatform them because they have so much power. Cancel culture is real, and I think calling for people to be deplatformed and silenced and thrown away forever is a pointless waste of time. And then she says, I think that sometimes very powerful people are mistaking that being called out isn't the same thing as being canceled. More like the good take. Did it dun da dun 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 Ah. Well said, Jamila. Especially in this case, because you got to think, I mean, Joanne's had a, God, I mean, a 30-year career at minimum. But by the way, Adel, we call her Joanne when we're mad at her. Oh, I like that. Yes. Joanna, what's the K stand for in, in uh, J- uh, JK? It stands for Kathleen, which is her mother's name. She doesn't have a middle name. Gotcha. She is literally just Joanne Rowling. Rawling, depending on how inebriated I am. I mean, but you have to think. She's had a she's had a thirty year career that has been, for the most part, very inspiring, very positive. She hasn't really had any negative press, so to speak, until here in the past year or two. So for her to finally get called out for something, I'm sure it hits home for her. She's she's had nothing but adoration from fans for you know close to thirty years. So I think Jamila makes a good point. It's not the same. Being called out and canceled just aren't the same. Again, I, I can't I can't stress enough. It, it, if I was worth one point whatever billion and I lived in a castle and I was one of the, the most like affluent, wealthy, respected and loved people on the face of the earth, I, th- I think I could find a way to respect and love everyone and, and, and not like I just I can't comprehend what's what's uh it's just it's baffling it's baffling she's not doing anything to apologize or acknowledge that she's hurting anyone yeah she just keeps trying to defend herself yeah and i shouldn't i should make it clear i'm not trying to equate the fact that she has wealth that she should be tolerant everyone should be tolerant no matter what your paycheck is so i just want to 
apologize if I made it seem like I'm, I'm just coming from a place of wealth. But again, it's just it just seems like she's had it so good. I just don't see how she has room in her heart for for such like hatred and disgusting comments. Like that's I don't know, it's wild. And then continues to defend it. That's what really baffles me. Yeah, to be really staunchly just like no, this is you know vers- versus listening or you know being thoughtful about it or whatever. You know she she just can't even she can't even hear anybody else's thoughts. Nope. All right, so we're going to move on from this rolling for a while. (laughs) So during all of this, Wizarding World at Home paused for a little bit. They said they had to finish up, probably had to reshuffle some of their guests. So they have started releasing these videos again, and the book has now been finished. So Chapter 9, The Midnight Duel, was read by Dan Fogler and Allison Sudol. Chapter 10, Halloween, actually read by Whoopi Goldberg. Woohoo! Chapter 11, Quidditch, was read by David Tennant and David Beckham. Whoa. Mirror of Erised was read by Matthew Lewis, Helen Howard, and Imelda Staunton. Chapter 13, Nicholas Flamel, was read by Hugh Bonneville. Chapter 14, Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback, was read by Jason Isaacs, Tom Felton, and Helen McCrory. Chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest, is read by Claudia Kim and Dakota Fanning. Chapter 16, Through the Trap Door, read by Kenneth Branagh and Ruth Wilson with Helena Bonham Carter. And then chapter 17, they got like three different random families to read. (laughs) They ran out of cast members. (laughs) If you want a free audiobook of the first book read by an all-star cast, you can go to wizardingworld.com and listen to that with questionable audio quality. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad I went, my fiance and I went to Wizarding World in December, November, December of last year. And I'm so, I'm so happy we went before I was aware of all this uh, stuff that she was saying and her, her outlook. Cause we were able to like truly enjoy it. And now I feel like if I went back, I'd, it would just be so tainted. So I'm very thankful that I went <laughs> before while I was still ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> the most all of this has happened just in the beginning of the year, but there has been hints for a while. And it's not like there isn't issues throughout the books as well with just a wide variety of stuff, but most of it is, well, most of the books are very accepting, so it's a product of the time and you ignore it. And But now it's like, look at how horrible it was the whole time. Blech. More good news. So, so many of the cast has started having babies all of a sudden. Devin Murray, who played Seamus Finnegan, announced that his girlfriend, Shannon McCaffrey, is pregnant for the first time. Congratulations. A couple more product crossovers. K-Swiss has released a shoe called the Harry Potter X K-Swiss Firebolt Hypercourt Express 2. (laughs) Goodness. (laughs) That seems like an SNL commercial or something. It is a black shoe with a brown sole um and it's stripy wow undeserving of that many words in its title then it's kind of boring it is currently an exclusive to wizarding world fan club members for 120 dollars or if you pay for the gold membership you get a 20 percent discount and ulta beauty also has a line of crossover products including harry potter lip balm and a Deathly Hallows makeup brush, Pygmy Puff blush for some reason, um, then a bunch of house-themed items, so there's different color bath bombs, and eyeshadow, and body lotion, and house cosmetic bags, and nail polish, and hair set, and it just goes on and on and on, and it's a little confusing, to be honest. 
I would be more than happy to buy all of these items and do a review. <laughs> and that's all of the Harry Potter news I got for this month. I do have a little bit of autism news. Jacob Velasquez is a 12-year-old with pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified, which if you're not familiar with PDD-NOS, it is one of the many things along with Asperger's and high-functioning autism that in version 4 there was like all these different names that they really didn't have that much difference between them. And since the 5th edition, they've all been lumped together as autism spectrum disorder. So I guess the reason he wasn't diagnosed with Asperger's is because his speech delay was longer. That's about it. Anyway, 12-year-old piano prodigy, who also plays drums, went on America's Got Talent and got four yeses. Super exciting. Yes. Anytime I play drums, I get eight no's. That wraps us up for today. If you would like to join the conversation, you can send us owl mail at spewcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a howler by sending an audio recording there, or calling 407-706-SPEW, or clicking the link in the description. You can check out our website at spewpod.uk. Our Twitter handle is at Spectrum People. On Facebook, we're SpewCast. On Instagram, we're at SpewPod. And on TikTok, we're at SpewCast. Our theme music is by Joan Burr. And we would like to thank Adel for joining us today. Thank you all so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yes, I, I picked Mr. McGonagall as my, um, my pseudonym just because Mrs. McGonagall is my favorite character. Or Ms. McGonagall. Oh, no. We're divorced. Oh, no. <laughs> well, she was married. He died. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. I died. She, she is a widow. <laughs> Adel, you'd like to plug anything? Um, I would like to plug Trans Lives Matters. Um, just so there's no confusion, trans lives uh, do in fact matter. Um, also, check out my podcast that were mentioned before, Hello from the Magic Tavern and Hey Riddle Riddle. Uh, they're both improvised tomfoolery, and uh, you might like one of them, or you might like both. Who knows? Check them out. As Luna Lovegood says, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Welcome to Spew, Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Quirinus, and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Kadabi, has nonverbal autism. And I'm Mr. McGonagall. And I now call the 25th meeting of Spew to order. <laughs>